0: Welcome to the Compliance Perspectives podcast. I'm Adam Turtletop from the Society of Corporate Compliance and Ethics and Healthcare Compliance Association. Joining us today from Barcelona is Guillaume Casoliva cabana Guillaume is the Compliance Manager for Training and Education at Booking.com. And today we're going to talk about their very extensive Compliance Ambassador program. First, Guillaume, thank you for taking time out of, well, your afternoon, my morning, to talk to us.
1: Hi, Adam. Yeah, thank you for the opportunity to be here today.
0: Oh, uh, my pleasure. And I'm very intrigued by this conversation. Uh, Ambassadors programs have been springing up all over the place. Uh, They seem to have a very important role. Booking.com has built out a network. I think uh, I read of approximately 300 compliance ambassadors. Can you tell us a bit about how you recruited and onboarded them?
1: Sure, Adam. Uh, Yeah, the ethics ambassador program was created more than 10 years ago. At booking.com uh, to be the bridge between the compliance team and our colleagues around the world in many offices we have it's a voluntary role uh like ethics ambassadors are facilitators of speaking up uh and the role uh it's mostly uh proactive and reactive meaning that they wait for people to receive concerns or reports or they uh create a activities to raise awareness about compliance and ethics. How we recruit these volunteers? It's an interesting one because it's not always easy. What we do uh, is uh, start with local uh, communication campaigns. Uh, We partner with with HR, with uh, sometimes leaders in the organization, could be using emails or uh, the internet. Uh, And then we wait uh, for uh, colleagues uh, to send their uh, applications then uh, normally it's uh we receive applications if it's not uh, if it's not the case we reinforce that again as i said with a leader uh we don't ask managers to nominate ethics ambassadors the reason is that we really believe uh you know in the individual motivation of each of the ambassadors but also could be the case that there are more than one Candidate for teams, we really are not looking for more than one in the team, so what we recommend and we support them is uh, with elections, so the team votes who will be the the ethics ambassador. In terms of eligibility, who can be an ethics ambassador, uh, we make it uh, clear that the person needs uh, to have been in the company at least for six months, Uh, no negative adverse uh, performance uh, issues or compliance and ethics uh, cases on their file. If all of that is fine, then we confirm the role of the ethics ambassador to the candidate and we move to the next stage, which is the onboarding. Uh, first, we provide them with a seven-stage guide uh, to onboard them, It includes any learning, uh, how to gain visibility uh, and some uh, other tips. And then uh, we also uh, invite them to a live session with a member of the Compliance and Ethics team to go deep uh, in the discussion as scenarios that they may face uh, in, the, in the role. Uh, yeah, that's uh, about the the onboarding. Uh, just to mention that the, also the mentors uh, serve as buddies uh, in general uh, after the onboarding. And they also, the, the these experienced ethics ambassadors, coordinate uh, groups of ambassadors in the same department or country.
0: That's great. I, I love the fact that you've got sort of generations of them working together. It speaks to sort of the permanence of it and the people enjoy doing it. Now, how on an ongoing basis do you engage and communicate with and, and recognize these ambassadors?
1: Yeah, it's, I think that it's key that you ask that uh, because the both communication and engagement uh, are vital to keep them uh, impactful, uh, and obviously recognition too. I will I will talk to first about the communication and engagement. Uh, we have uh, different uh, resources uh, and ways. Uh, for example, the monthly newsletter we send uh, the newsletter to all of them every month with updates about our compliance ethics program. Could be policy update, could be upcoming training, and also we propose them to do an activity to raise uh, awareness about compliance and ethics. Each month is different. We also have a dedicated uh, Ethics Ambassador portal website where they can find a lot of information, our policies and a lot of uh, material to uh, raise awareness. We also have a quarterly webinar that we invite them, that basically we cover the learning calendar and we also invite uh, other teams in the business like could be HR or investigators uh, to talk about topics that are relevant for ambassadors. And from time to time, we organize Q and A's if we see that ambassadors are asking, you know, questions about certain topics. Then also for this uh, generational uh, uh, element that uh, we discussed, that we have mentors that are more experienced than ambassadors, uh, we use that in the following way: we organize quarterly catch-ups with the mentors that. They are about 30, not 300 uh, with the compliance team. And then we covered, we look back the quarter, how many activities, how was the impact by each region? And then together we plan the next quarter, the priorities, the activities. Uh, also is a two way communication. So the mentor let us know if there is uh, any issue or any remarkable activity for that group of the ethics ambassadors. And also if an ethics ambassador, Leave the company, so we can plan uh, a replacement. After this meeting, uh, the ethics mentor organized a quarterly meeting with their ambassadors. So we keep uh, the engagement uh, like this with a person-to-person uh, basis. And we also have once a year a global ethics day. That's very important. We we do we stream uh, live sessions about ethics during whole day and ethics ambassadors are encouraged we propose them activities so they are encouraged to do uh activities in their offices last year for example more than 80 offices participated and that's about engagement and communication then i think it's a bit different the how we uh, recognize them which is very important too by the way we have uh we, we call it uh, thank you notes from leaders that's one way uh Could be the compliance officer, the CEO, the chief legal officer, past years. They send emails uh, congratulating uh, the ethics ambassadors and saying thank you for their commitment in the role and how important that's for the culture of the company. Another way that we provide feedback, uh, that we provide recognition is via feedback. So if ethics ambassadors ask ask, us feedback uh, during the performance cycle, we We let the manager know what was the the activity and the impact that the ambassador had in the program, and last we have uh summits. We organized summits uh one in Latin America in the past and one in Amsterdam, where ethics ambassadors can meet uh network, have exposure to leadership, learn more about compliance and ethics and then also obviously this works as a motivation and inspiration for for them. In the role.
0: Well, I think it's great. And it points out the fact that recognition is so important. and doesn't just mean cash. It's just the rep, you know, having leaders uh tell people that they appreciate what they're doing can count for a lot. So what advantages has the company found from the ambassadors program?
1: I think that other the general one is uh about ethical tone. Uh, uh the ambassador program supports the ethical tone of the company. Our ethics ambassador individually act as examples of living our values here at booking, we have the value of do the right thing, obviously linked to integrity. Uh, Also, the program uh, allows to scale up the influence and the message of the compliance and ethics team across departments, offices and teams. That's not always an easy thing for a multinational company like us. Another advantage, I think it's the cost effective way. embed the ethics uh, and compliance program uh, because there is no additional uh, headcount required for this Uh, and also it improved the the speak up culture of the company uh, in two ways ethics ambassador guide employees to report uh, to reporting channels Uh, sometimes employees maybe wouldn't approach their manager or hr they would feel uncomfortable uh, but they they would approach a peer, uh, so that's important. And the other way is that uh, ambassadors uh, reinforce uh, our uh, anti-retaliation policy, so the existence of it and that it's safe to speak up in the company. And then we think that that's that's key uh, for this speak up culture. Uh, and then uh, the last advantage, I think, is more for the compliance team because we receive a lot of feedback from ambassadors could be uh, policy clarity, that, that policy is not very clear, uh, could be office dynamics, you know, or uh, other other issues that are happening in small offices that we can uh, gather and then obviously target the integrity needs of different uh, subcultures of the organization.
0: Yeah, and those subcultures uh, tend to be very, different when you get to a large global organization. Now, for an organization looking to start an ambassador's program, what resources should they plan on having to manage it?
1: Yeah, uh, I think that uh, there, are, uh, there are three, probably, uh, time, uh, coordination, and materials. But before then, I think that also for all our listeners, it's very important, uh, an initial requirement, which is the ethical tone of the leaders an endorsement of the program, that's that could be the CEO or the chief compliance officer, but it's really necessary. And then if that's, uh, that's achieved that exists, then the first thing is find the time as a resource. So the organization should approve officially the, the ambassador program, the compliance ambassador program, and then decide the time allowance for this voluntary role. At Booking.com, for example, we have two hours per month uh, on the roll. The other uh, part uh, or resource that is important is coordination. How these ethics ambassadors will be coordinated? The organization should designate uh, a member of the compliance team or HR, if there is no compliance team, to lead the program. That could be full time, part time. I think that it depends on the size. Of the company and also the ambitions of the program and the last thing when we have this lead person of the program this person should design the key processes of the program recruitment onboarding engagement and communication calendar a recognition scheme and all the materials that are associated to this and uh, i was forgetting but also very important the data set just to keep track of who is an ethics ambassador, who is leaving the program. Also, that's uh, a very important uh, resource and material to get started with uh, an ambassador program. So
0: finally, as we're running out of time, um, can you share one positive effect that the ambassadors program has had on promoting a culture of ethics at Booking.com?
1: Yeah, basically uh, the number of activities of of these uh, ethics ambassadors show us that the teams that have ethics ambassador score two, 3% higher uh, on ethical culture, the six questions that we have in the engagement survey, than teams without an ethics ambassador. So it's a nice measurable way uh, to see the impact of the ambassador program at Booking.com.
0: That's great. I mean, just both is the fact that it's having this impact and that actually you can demonstrate it with hard numbers, which is often so hard to do with compliance programs. Well, Guillaume, thank you so much for sharing these insights with us today. I want to thank all of you for taking the time to listen. I'm Adam Trilltop from SCCE and HCCA. I hope we're able to expand your compliance perspective.